welcome to the Halloween Takeover with myself, Jack Spino, and Catherine Severance, or Catherine Saltzlamacchio. This is my cousin, so I always love to bring on many different people, but it's an awesome opportunity to bring on my family members because it's really cool to hear what they have to say about certain things. So that's what we're doing here today. Uh, there's no script, so this is going to be awesome. Um, I usually do scripts for some shows, but uh, hey, it's Halloween and there's things that can go wrong and there's things that are spooky. So I want to start off by talking about some of the facts of Halloween. Maybe people don't even know. I mean, I looked at some facts today that I don't even know. Um, so according to history.com, the first Halloween celebration, which it was over in Ireland when it first started in the beginning, and that was like 2000 years ago in Ireland. Uh, and I actually studied abroad in Ireland. And let me tell you, their Halloween festival at the time, I've never seen it like that before in anywhere. And um, it started in Ireland and then kind of went to United Kingdom and then Northern France. It was called Sewin which was what it was called at the time was Sewin. Um, there were Sewin festivals on October 31st, and it marked the day before their new year and the start of winter, and which was the time where the dead were believed to return to the earth. How spooky, right? So I think it's very interesting to really think about how and where Halloween came from. There's so many different stories. There's so many facts in history. So Salem, Massachusetts is a big part of many people's childhood in Halloween in, in the United States. A lot of people come to Salem for that Halloween experience. And I will tell you that this year and many years, it's just been packed traffic left and right, but it's just such an experience and not even just on Halloween night, but just throughout Halloween, that Halloween month, I would say, is just so surreal and so magical. They have wand shops. They have, you know, the witch trials. They have many different history. They have haunted houses. They get great food down there. Uh, many different stuff going on down in Salem. As you'll see a bunch of people wearing costumes. Um, you'll be able to take photos with the people wearing costumes. There's shops. There's a monster museum. There's many different things. And it's a great experience. If you ever want to come to Salem, just do it. Because I, I recommend it to anyone who's never been and would love to see the Halloween experience. Also, the Hocus Pocus house is also down there. You can check that out. And Hocus Pocus was actually filmed. The first one was filmed in Salem, which was really cool. And I heard a really good story about that today where um, one of my coworkers actually met the director of Hocus Pocus in Salem at the time when filming. Papa White, he lived in Salem and he went to Salem. He experienced a little bit different. Maybe you can elaborate on kind of his trick-or-treating experience in Salem and maybe even just Salem as a whole back then. Salem has so much history and stuff, like not even just with Halloween, like just with the witch trials and everything. So I definitely think it's a great place to even come down, like not even during Halloween. I mean, you don't have to, but like just coming down to see all the history. It's just crazy. Yeah. So he used to live in Salem and he used to go trick or treating and he said it was just a wild like experience he was like there was just so many people because of like all the history and everything it's just a really popular place during halloween 
and all the houses and stuff were very like close together and he used to say that like they used to walk for like you know there wasn't like it was a lot different than it is now he said he used to just walk um they would just walk miles into like house to house and the houses were so close together he said that he used to just have like bags and bags full of candy and like some people would hand out money too but it was just such a busy time during halloween and it's something that's like really important to like the people that live in salem just because of like the wish trials and everything so i definitely think it's a cool place to like check out yeah, and those witch trials, 1692. So you can explore that. I would definitely recommend you get your tickets online. It's a long wait. Obviously, a lot of people want to go to Salem to see that. So I recommend going online and seeing that and getting those tickets and getting the experience and learning about the witch trials. There's so much on the witch trials that I can't even do in an hour podcast, let alone right now. So Knowing about Salem and living near Salem, it is an experience of a lifetime that you guys should check out. And you can definitely look it up online and look up the tours and all that and go to maybe even do a walking tour in Salem. That's really cool. Um, They do a great job with the ghost tours as well in Salem. So there's so much going on in Salem, not even just in the Halloween, but if you ever wanted to go see the witch trials uh, in another month, do it. It's awesome. Um, But Halloween, it's packed. So definitely know what you want to do and uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it with whoever you're going with. Enjoy it with family, friends, whoever you're going with, and uh, be safe. That's all I have to say. Uh, But again, so Salem, Massachusetts, witch trials, check it out, and uh, let me know how it is. I mean, even in Massachusetts and Salem, I mean, it's just so big around the United States now. You know, since 2,000 years ago, it's been insane there's so many different costumes there's a lot that goes into halloween but salem really is the big thing that a lot of people think about when they think about halloween in massachusetts salem is wild with halloween folks creatures and goblins whatever you want to say and also the salem witch trials um we're just going over facts right now and then i'm gonna kind of ask Catherine to kind of talk about her experience with trick-or-treating and halloween and you know, we're a little bit younger. I'm 24 and you're what? 18. Yes, 18. So talking about facts. So the second fact on this website, um, it's called countryliving.com. And so it's during the Celtic festival, Swayan, it was a customary for poor children to go to door to door begging for food and money. So that's a little bit different than uh, what we do is uh, in America, we go door to door and ask for candy. So it's very different to see how back then, how it really started. It was more begging for money um, from the poor children. So let's continue with the facts. Um, In exchange for their generosity, children would offer to pray for their souls. A lot of the Halloween tradition is um, really about the dead and bringing back the dead. You see that even children um, at that time really believed in that stuff back then 2000 years ago when those festivals were going on um, in the 19th century moving forward a little bit immigrants popularized halloween in the united states history.com explains that celebrations were very limited due to their strict protestant beliefs and it wasn't until the second half of the 19th century when a wave of irish and other european immigrants arrived so a lot of the immigrants influenced this holiday as Hallow's Eve or Halloween as well. So a lot of people don't know 
these things. And I think it's very important to talk about, like, why do we celebrate Halloween in the United States? Why do we dress up as whatever you want to be and go out? Like, why do we ask for candy? So I, I ask these questions during this time because I think it's very interesting to kind of bring forth and be like, oh, that's, that's, that's uh, knowledgeable, Jack. Why don't we answer it? Really, the tradition of Halloween is pumpkin carving. I noticed that you did pumpkin carving the other night. It's kind of like a family tradition, I would say. Something I think is really interesting about pumpkins is it kind of adds on to the facts that you were sharing about like the time that it's held and like the death and everything. How pumpkins really are to like scare away those spirits based off of like lanterns and stuff, which I think is cool because that like shows like we didn't have like electricity. We didn't have like all that stuff the pumpkins are like really based off lanterns. Yeah. And they did not have a lot of electricity. A lot of that lighting, like you talked about was candles at the time. They were lighting candles in the churches. They were lighting candles, even on the, the sidewalks, the, uh, the, the lanterns on the sidewalks as well. And traditionally actually carving the jack-o'-lantern uh, was originated in Ireland. It was using turnips instead of pumpkins, which is wild to me um i don't know if anyone's carved a turnip uh before but that's not easy to do i'm um, just even thinking about pumpkin carving in general with how much work it goes into think about a turnip that's even more difficult it was alleged based on the legend about a man named stingy jack who repeatedly trapped the devil and only let him go on the condition that jack would never go to hell but when jack died he learned that heaven did not want his soul either so he forced to wander the earth as a ghost for eternity and the devil gave jack a burning lump of coal in his carved turnip to light his way locals eventually began carving scary faces into their own turnips to even frighten the evil spirits like you said did you know that they uh carved tur <laughs> turnips i did not know that i i just think that is so wild uh that you know, how much someone truly believes in these things that other people are like, that's silly, that's crazy. But it truly is an amazing thing that even a, a celebration or anything like that is so different to us that we think it's weird, but it's actually a norm for other people. Going back to a little bit of the Halloween and carving pumpkin with the facts, we just talked about Stingy Jack. And so the jack-o'-lantern has been such a creation of just a smiley face with teeth, triangle for eyes. Because, I mean, you see people doing different things with their pumpkins nowadays and all, like all the creativity and everything. I wonder how that like design has like come. Like, I, I wonder if it was different then than it is now. Back then, it really inspired the Irish and Scottish people to really do the same thing. So I wonder if it was just this idea of having someone just kind of create an idea in their brain and they go, oh, I'm going to design this on the pumpkin or the turnip. And that's kind of how it's evolved is the same thing with creating music in different genres. Characters really play a big role into pumpkin carving itself. And I think it's really cool to see how over the years, how even a lantern to scare away the ghosts have turned into such a family tradition, like you said, everybody wants a pumpkin car. Um, let's talk a little bit about candy corn, because that's, I mean, it's not my favorite at all. I, I'm not a big fan of candy corn. I don't think a lot of people are. But back then, candy corn was originally called chicken feed. 
does look like that. I, I, I will give that to them. So according to history.com, going over the facts again, candy corns first appeared on the market around the 1800s, a time when about half of the American workforce was made up of farmers because of these candies were often made into the agricultural shapes, such as chicken feed, which is now what we know as corn-shaped uh, candy corn. And this occurred, you know, after World War One, when corn became viewed as a popular food. But now you look at candy corn and you're like, nope, I want a Snickers. I don't know. I don't know because I see a lot of people that like candy corn. It might just be you. No, I think it is. Honestly, it probably is just me. And I am very sorry that I insulted people who like uh, candy corn. I mean, it wouldn't be my top choice, but it's definitely a Halloween favorite. It's definitely a tradition and a Halloween favorite to get candy corn. It's just so interesting. I never realized that they thought it was honestly chicken feeds, which was like seeds at the time. And um, I never really knew how popular in the 1800s was corn uh, because you just don't think about these things. These are all facts about Halloween, by the way. In Keenan, New Hampshire, uh, they hold the record for the most lit jack-o'-lanterns which is 30,581 pumpkins in 2013. It's a Guinness World Record. The city was the first to hold the record in this category and committed to their winning status, which that's really cool. Tradition of the jack-o'-lantern back then when they would scare away the souls, and now you would have this tradition of really creating a world record. Because it's not even just one face like we talked about. It's so cool because it's multiple faces and it's multiple characters and they continue to just put on different characters and pumpkins. I think it's a really creative idea, but I think it's also important to remember where it originated from Mm -hmm. and why we do what we do today. Because I feel like a lot of people, like I didn't really know some of these things. And I think it's important to like know where all of these things like come from and like why we do what we do today. And I'm sure that their tradition has really changed over time um, from when it first started, which is a lot of different things. People find different ways to be creative and people find different ways to kind of change the narrative a little bit. Talking about Halloween, the biggest part, I would say, is the trick-or-treating. And it wasn't until the 1970s that candy was exclusive, dolled out of trick-or-treaters or or treats. When you would go to a house, it's funny because they're talking about you know, in the 1930s, it was acceptable to hand out cookies and nuts and toys. I don't trick or treat anymore. Sorry, everybody. When I was younger, I would go to a house and they would give me like a cookie and I'd be like, no, I want like candy. But that's so fascinating because it's something that's still a tradition that people are still doing. They're giving out candy. They're giving out cookies. Some people even give out fruit. I didn't really get any like weird items when I went. Like most of the houses have like the small like packaging of like candies and stuff then there'd be those houses that had like full bars of candies and you know everyone loves those houses and I was on the phone with my grandfather today and he actually lived in Salem and like would trick-or-treat they didn't have any of the small candies that they are today he's like every house full-size candy bars and you would go house to house to house and you'd have like you know a whole pillowcase just full of full-size candy bars which I think is really like interesting to think about because today you don't see that many houses that actually have full-size candy bars 
Yeah, and I think that's very important that you brought up that uh, from seeing what happens from, you know, back then to now, it's a lot of different variety of candy too. It's not even just like, you know, you go to one house, you get a candy bar. It's like, oh, well, you can have this, you can have this. And a lot of people, I would say, don't stay outside. You know, they either leave the bowl outside and they expect it not to be taken, but they leave the bowl outside or the doorbell rings. And I think that we can go into a little bit of that tradition. Trick-or-treating, Halloween night in costumes, ringing doorbells to demand treats has been a tradition in the United States and other countries for more than centuries. Origins remain, but trace can be identified in the ancient Celtic festivals, early Roman Catholic holidays, medieval practices, and even British politics. But did you know, although it's unknown precisely where and when the phrase trick-or-treat was coined, the custom had been firmly established in the American popular culture by 1951 when trick-or-treating was depicted in the Peanut comic strip, which is pretty cool. In 1952, Disney produced a cartoon called Trick-or-Treat featuring Donald Duck and his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So Disney even got involved in some trick-or-treating to really start off a lot of things and start off that trick-or-treating like slogan. Um, you can look up all these different things about the history of Halloween. Just look it up online. But there's so much history, so much history involved with Halloween. Um, even just this, Americans spend an estimated $3.1 billion on candy for Halloween. And that's according to the National Retail Federation. And the day itself has become the nation's second largest commercial holiday, which my guess is probably Christmas would be second. I think that is just wild. Is that how much people spend on candy? 3.1 billion people. There is another theory the candy boon stems from the Scottish practice of guising, which is a circular version of souling, which that was what um, trick-or-treating was called originally was souling. During the mid Middle Ages, generally children and poor adults would collect money for food, like we talked about, from the local homes as well. There's so many different traditions. There's, there's the black cats. There's just so many bobbing for apples. But I really want to talk about kind of the, the tradition that I have kind of come across is the idea of going from house to house. The people who get the candy go back to the house, hang out and actually trade the candy. I don't know if you've done that, but I have done that multiple times at the Viviano's house, my uncle Stevie's house as well. So I, I want to know what maybe your tradition is after you go back and get the candy. What do you do? Um, I mean, I don't think I really ever like traded candy like that before. I mean, I've gone like home and like, traded candies like with my siblings like if somebody doesn't like something then they like trade for something that they do like or I don't know I mean that's that's all I think like I can think of that I've done so you don't really dump out the uh, whole bag and say all right I want your skittles if you give me your Reese's cup well like I've done that before I mean like one of my other cousins Isabel's we used to go trick-or-treating with her because she's um she's not even like a year apart from me so we would all go together and she never liked Reese's. So she would trade, she would give us all of her Reese's for a candy that she liked. I mean, we were always pretty good about it, but it was just a way so everyone had candy that they did liked. And 
didn't have the candy that they didn't. The tradition itself of just going door to door to get candy, I think is just so fascinating because I just think that a lot of people, when they think of Halloween, they think about the trick-or-treating, but they don't realize that it wasn't like that before. Um, People who were poor went to houses and asked for food. And that's kind of how the tradition started over in Europe is that people who lived in a poor community went door to door and asked for food. And looking at this record from uh, the history.com and also countryliving.com, 2017 is the record year for Halloween spending in the U.S. of $9.1 billion being spent on holiday in total. And that's according to the survey by the National Retail Federation. 95% of respondents plan to purchase candy that year of $2.7 billion just on these festive sweets alone. I mean, I just to think about when you go door to door, people who were poor were asking for food due to that fact that they were starving and they needed to eat. Nowadays, the tradition has just been swiped away of just allowing kids to go door to door and get sweets. Um, And I think that it's definitely a parent choice of whether you want to give your kids sweets or not. Um, But I think it's so, so different nowadays. And I I think that we need to also kind of look at how important it, it was back then to many people. It wasn't really all about the whole candy aspect. It was really about the idea of kind of helping one another not even just uh, giving candy, but helping one another in a community. See, I don't know that much about the topic just because I wasn't really aware of most of that, like history. You're learning just like everybody else. Right, right. But I, you know, I just, I really do wonder like what it was like back then, you know, because I, I feel like it has the same concept. It's just the tradition's a little bit different. I feel like the concept of, Halloween hasn't really changed it's just got developed I mean even looking back like 50 years ago it's it still has the same concept it's just evolved yeah and it has evolved into something that some people can't explain in other countries because their culture is a little bit different with Halloween and Hallow's Eve as it was usually called but everyone has a different tradition everyone does things differently I mean, I know some people that don't even go out on Halloween and they just watch Halloween movies all night long. It's just sitting on the couch watching Mike Myers over and over again. Halloween Ends was a great movie and it brings back the tradition of Mike Myers and everything that he's been through. Um, But like you said, those TVs, those movies, I mean, they come back one night on Halloween, Hallow's Eve, and you can choose whether or not what you want to be. I think that's the the best part is that there's no judgment either. There's no judgment. I can walk out and if I want to be a flamingo, that'd be great. If I want to be a flamingo, I can walk out and be a flamingo. I love that. I love that, that, that no judgment of a holiday of, of Halloween being, you can dress how you want to dress. You can be who you want to be that night. Um, I wish it was every night. (laughs) I wish people wouldn't judge every night, but um, 
it's just that one night that you can walk out and dress up like Scooby-Doo and someone would be like, dude, that's awesome. I personally agree with you. I think it's great that you can be whatever you want, you know, and there's no judgment. I mean, people are like, wow, they look at you and they're like, wow, that's such a creative costume. The other thing I like about it, too, is that, you know, you go out and you see all these costumes and some people like, you know, they do costumes together. Like you see couples doing like Harley Quinn and Joker or like you see um, like groups of friends doing like Scooby-Doo and stuff like that. You know, as people are having kids, you know, the kids are like they're watching the new shows that are coming out so they're they're dressing up as those new costumes but then like a lot of parents want their kids to watch some of the same shows that they've watched when they were a kid like scooby-doo is how old like you know stuff like that like like blues clues like i still shocks me that there's like stuff like that still like you know what i mean that's still going on today and then like kids you see kids that like dressed up as things that you did when you were a kid but then, like, you get the Paw Patrol and, like, all that stuff. So it's really cool to see, like, some of the old things in the new things. And one night, too. They come back in one night, and it's so surreal. Even the family gets involved. There are some parents that dress up just to make their kids happy and just to really be there and support their kids through this tradition of Halloween and Hallow's Eve and the goblins and witches of the night on that night. It's just so amazing to me. And I think it's that surreal moment that everyone needs to just think about, well, Halloween is not just about dressing up as costumes. It's about the tradition of Halloween. It's about the souls. It's about the dead. And it's about being able to Continue to do what you want to do for one night and be who you want to be for one night. Dress up, get candy, pumpkin carve, and enjoy time with friends, with family. Enjoy the Halloween night. <laughs> I want to thank you, honestly, for coming on here. I un- I understand that it was just really like, come on on. And uh, I want to thank you because it was awesome talking about Halloween and it was awesome really sharing these Halloween stories with you. And I think uh, I learned at the end of the day that you got to dress how you want to be every single day, uh, not just Halloween, but for one night, one night only, Halloween is no judgment. Halloween is fun. Halloween's about ghosts and goblins and witches and magic, which is all those imaginations that you can imagine come to life one night. And I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I want to thank you for talking about some stories, some Halloween stories. And I want everyone to be safe on Halloween, whatever you do. If you're going to a party, if you're hanging out at home, watching Mike Myers, or if you're going trick-or-treating, just remember that it wasn't like that back then. People were asking for food. And I think it's very important to think about those things. So, Catherine, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And, uh... Thank you for sharing the Halloween stories of your life. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. This is the Halloween takeover with myself, Jack Spino, and Catherine Saltalamacchia. We have another segment talking about horror coming up next on this podcast. There's no breaks. So right after, it's going to be Catherine Blossom and myself talking about Michael Myers, the Chainsaw Massacre, 
whatever horror movie you can think of, we're going to discuss it. And we're going to talk about the horror movie of Halloween and how that has been a tradition as well. Well, 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 it's the Halloween takeover on What the Jack, and it continues right now. You can't have Halloween without some horror movies, some scary movies that make you wonder and think about, is that person going to get me next? And I have best person to bring on this podcast to talk about horror. She was on the Harlow Havoc podcast who we interviewed. It's Catherine Blossom joining us right here on What the Jack. We're going to talk some horror and some Halloween horror movies that kind of make you really think about the tradition of Halloween. It doesn't happen unless there's a horror movie. And like I said before, everyone has a different tradition. And some people watch horror movies for Halloween and some people go out trick-or-treating. Well, the horror movies, you came to the right podcast. And... I'm just going to warn everyone who is listening right now. We may give some spoilers to uh, Halloween Ends. So if you have not seen it, please go see it before you listen to this podcast. Catherine Blossom, my girlfriend on this podcast, we're going to talk about horror. Are you ready? Let's do it. Michael Myers, back in the day. The man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) There's nothing else you can say about that. Michael Myers, the franchise really changed the Halloween game with Halloween masks. Probably one of the first mask-wearing characters, I would say, that people really continue to remember to this day. There's a bunch. We're talking about Michael Myers. I don't even know if I have the rights for that, but... I, sing, I don't know either. <laughs> I, I sang it. I, it don't matter. Michael Myers first appears in the John Carpenter's Halloween in 1978 as a young boy. A young boy at the time who, what, Catherine, dealt with a lot of psychological issues and maybe depression. There is also a rumor of abuse by his parents as well. Really, really rough childhood, bullied. He had a really rough time growing up, yeah. In film, really, the epitomate of scary movies. Um, We can go even back further where Psycho first started. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more, but Michael Myers, his figure is creepy. I mean, it's just what it is. It's scary, and it makes you wonder, what is he going to do next? I think it's really the the mystery of him not really talking in during the movies. You never see the guy's face. It's awesome to kind of see how they create this creepy figure without even talking. And it really goes back to Psycho, where there was not a lot of conversation in the movie. And it really goes back to those black and white films where it was all sound. From my perspective... They really took those type of movies and created something that is just such a mystery in that you want to know what's next. Talk to me a little bit about your favorite horror movies. Well, some of my favorites, I would say The Shining, I would say Scream, and one that's a little is Child's Play with Chucky. Absolutely up there. Um, But I would say that The Shining provides the greatest amount of 
uncertainty and the possibility of really thinking about it after you see it and diving into further possibilities. And Michael Myers and Jack are a lot more alike than people see in general. Kind of scary, actually. Um, hence their horror movies. The Shining is a roller coaster. Hard to explain until you see it. <laughs> and there's a million different theories about it. Stephen King wrote a novel, The Shining, which the movie was based off of. And Stephen King actually got pissed off because the uh, director of The Shining film changed a lot of the aspects however he made it more entertaining from a film perspective than just a writing perspective say that the mystery that michael myers and jack torrance share is very similar because they are both not who they appear to be they are very similar in the sense of mystery uncertainty eeriness you know parallel is really crazy when you think about it yeah, when you think about some of these horror movies from the start back in the day, you start to think about movies that really influences other movies. I mean, you talk about Psycho, and if you haven't seen Psycho, you have to see Psycho. It's an amazing movie, and it's such a great mystery. Um, I think that just even talking about that movie, Psycho, really brings into the whole narrative about Michael Myers and about Halloween in general and how it has evolved movies have evolved throughout the Halloween tradition of you know first it was this mystery it continues to be the mystery but let's add something that's more thriller with the mystery as well and I think that really comes down to kind of the weapons people use during the movies to kind of create fear in the eyes of people I mean to talk about these weapons and to think about the mystery by not even talking, you're allowing the weapon to do all the work for you has really been a big factor. And I feel like some of these Halloween movies, you know, even the Chainsaw Massacre is one of those movies that it's focused on a chainsaw the entire time. And yeah. then you start to see how the person reacts while using the weapon. Talk to me a little bit about weapons in some of these Halloween movies and kind of how they influence other Halloween movies? Well, as far as weapons go, I mean, usually Chucky is seen with, well, Charles E. Ray, technically, that's the serial killer that uses a voodoo spell to possess the uh, good guy's doll. But anyway, famously known as Chucky, he typically is using a butcher knife, but it's Chucky, I would say, is a movie that is less focused on the weapon itself. And that's also a horror movie. <laughs> I also love comedy. So it's Chucky's kind of a movie that definitely incorporates punny humor into it a lot more than most horror movies do. Um, so yeah, no, Chucky is just, I love him. He's the best. I love Chucky so much. That's your Halloween costume this year. So Spoiler, <laughs> everybody. You yeah. just sold my Halloween costume. <laughs> From the new TV series, spoiler alert here too. Um, kind of the background of the actual serial killer Charles Lee Ray and so it's just mostly a butcher knife or like you know an axe or, or like a hammer or something like that the weapons kind of vary but it is scary to some people depending on what your fear is but it also does incorporate a little bit of humor and weirdness and 
it's just it's such an enjoyable obviously depending on your taste but to me it's such an enjoyable movie and franchise because there's been a million chucky movies now and it's more raw and like gory than you know something like the exorcist or the conjuring chucky is stuff it's humor and horror at the same time which i kind of like because it adds a little something extra to it it really defines his character he's just very cocky and he thinks he's you know all that and it adds a little something extra to it which i like yeah and who doesn't like a scary doll i mean you talked a little bit about <laughs> the conjuring and annabelle i love chucky but i cannot stand those dolls <laughs> i am scared of dolls 100 well i think that the you know we're getting into a little bit of the whole fear in these movies you know it, there's one particular theme that these movies and halloween movies want to put together but the fear in the eyes of the viewer that's watching picture themselves in those shoes what would i do if a doll just walked in the room probably run what would i do (laughs) what would i do if there was a guy wearing a leather face and had a chainsaw what would i do talking about these different things it's honestly these halloween movies bring everything together the magic the imagination and the fear and we talked a lot about that with traditions in the magic and the in the uh, fear honestly as well but halloween movies bring you into a world where you are scared either you Absolutely. love it or you hate it watching horror movies and i think that Every character is different, but everyone are supposed to be afraid of the main character, which was be Mike Myers, Chucky, Chainsaw Massacre. The weapons really bring everything together. Way of looking at it, it's such a big part of some of these Halloween movies. And I think that the mask for Mike Myers is such a big part. Jason, like all these different attributes are such a big part to create these Halloween movies which I think is completely amazing. And um, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't think about that. Like you don't think about some of these weapons that are really significant and play a huge part in people's costumes uh, in Halloween. It's so interesting to see how these characters have evolved. I think that's the, the main point is that Michael Myers started off stalking. Then it was another movie then it was another movie and then another movie and then they just continued to put on movies and then when as soon as the mtv movie hit it was just okay that's it then they brought back the couple of parts and then halloween ends which was this year i want to talk about your thoughts about this movie spoiler for those people who are listening we're going to talk a little bit about the halloween franchise as a whole but this movie in particular halloween ends 2022 i love michael myers and i love the mystery but well not that much of a spoiler considering it's in the title he does die (laughs) and i think the movie itself was great it was scary mysterious it was really left people on a clip like are they really gonna kill off this legend are they really gonna end something that has become so huge 
so crazy, so just amazing. And they did, <laughs> and I did not take it so well, but I did like the movie. Um, I did read somewhere that the only reason that they did create this movie was due to the fact that Bloomhouse lost the rights to the franchise. So to say that there's never going to be another Michael Myers movie, probably not accurate. Um, but they did, they did kill him. I just thought it was kind of mind blowing to see, wow, that actually just happened. That, that ended, that's over. That's it. You know what? It was just seeing that on screen for me was just shocking and mind-blowing I couldn't even process it for a couple minutes after watching the movie gave you Michael Myers it gave you the mystery it gave you and also another spoiler alert in case someone has not seen the movie is the fact that the movie made it seem as if Michael Myers had acquired an accomplice that there was going to be another Michael Myers which was not really the case in the end. It, it really gives you that on the edge of your seat feeling, which those movies always have. So I, I did like it a lot. Well, I think when you talk about The Accomplice, I think you're talking about the idea that Michael Myers has been around forever. You know, mm -hmm. been around for the longest time. And I think that now people who have never seen the movie, the first movie, are starting to realize that it was such a big trend. It was this Halloween character besides Dracula and Frankenstein that Absolutely. was probably the epitome of Halloween characters. When you think of Halloween, you think of a guy in a white face mask with a butcher knife and you think about that movie from start to finish you can't end the movie because it's such a crucial part in people's halloween tradition in life that you have to really continue to keep that trend going as much as you can i mean i think that's very difficult in the times where you know technology is so big and everything's a lot different and you know, how can you really create this character to be even 10 times scarier than he was before? CGI, different effects, yes. You have to end a franchise to remake a new franchise, to reborn a horror character, or even create a new character. Absolutely did not want Michael Myers to die. Absolutely not. No. But... <laughs> you realize that it's a Halloween trend of Michael Myers. Every Halloween, the boogeyman came out in that movie. Every Halloween. And I think that that, that movie itself really played a big role on Halloween night. A lot of movies Boy. really make it, you know, about Halloween and all that, but this is that character that comes out on Halloween night. Dracula just came out during the night, you know, slept during the day and came out during the night. Michael Myers came out at night and created this mystery of who is this man? Why is he doing this? And all those things. 
And to start off with the first Halloween, we didn't know why. Towards the end, we still really don't know why. Yeah, I would say, well, again, another movie that provides plenty of room for theory. Uh, there's a million theories out there about why he does what he does, but none of them, I guarantee you, will ever be actually proven. <laughs> there's, you know, the hard childhood. There's maybe he's just a monster. Maybe he's always been like that. Maybe it's just in his blood to kill. Not to change the, you know, movie subject, but with someone like Charles E. Ray, Chucky, he's always been a killer, always been a monster never even really had the hardest childhood, just was a monster in a human's body. I know which theory I would agree with. However, there are just so many, and it's kind of cool to think about the fact that they'll never actually, his mystery of why he does what he does will never be able to be fully defined, which I really like about him. And Halloween was in 1978, directed by John Carpenter is completely the most iconic horror movie and classic movie during Halloween time. When you take away the character in a movie, you wonder what is next. And I think that a lot of people, when they did see the ending of Halloween, and if you have not, you shouldn't be listening this far into the podcast. When you, the way the way they did it it was like you couldn't kill Mike Myers why am I calling him Mike Myers that's a mystery in itself Michael Myers was honestly a person he was a monster that wasn't able to be killed and in that movie towards the end you started to see people riot about killing this guy after so many years of him causing havoc, killing people, you know, left and right in Hadfield. Started off in 1978, and now you finally see him stabbed, broken. He was disintegrated in a uh, garbage thing, yeah. And pretty much... Ripped to pieces, yep. They wanted him to vanish. They didn't want to remember him. That's it. That's the mystery. That's still the mystery. What is going to happen? Is that it? After I saw the movie, I read more theories that his character is a spirit and a legend, which it is, but it's it goes further in which, yes, even though they disintegrated his body and literally chopped him up into tiny, tiny, tiny little pieces that could never be recovered, that power and that eeriness and mystery that he possessed could potentially be powerful enough to come back regardless of how you physically destroy this character. That power that this monster possesses could be enough to bring him back and wreak havoc forever. I personally think there will be more, but I don't know that. No one knows that. And that's why we're left with what's going to happen next. And I also do like that feeling of, you know, being on the edge, not knowing what's coming. That's another reason I love Halloween and I love horror. There's always that possibility still left for him, which I also like as well. 
And Halloween is that night where you can watch Halloween movies and be scared shitless if you want. But also kind of be left with something. Be left with a mystery and be left with the fear of someone could really do that. Or, wait a minute, this is just a movie, but why do I feel that way? That someone could be behind me right now. You know, like, I love that reaction of horror. Maybe talk a little bit about that feeling that you get when you watch horror movies. Why do you bring that up? So, there are, there's another kind of category of horror the famous movie, The Exorcist, which I know someone does not like. <laughs> no, uh, no, I would not want someone climbing up and down my wall like a spider. Yeah. So a movie that does that to me the most, I would say The Conjuring franchise and as a whole. And I would say The Exorcist, another classic. Because like I've heard you say to me, it's real it could be real and there's still speculation on whether or not you know exorcism and you know possession and all that's real um, everyone has their own beliefs regarding that however I know that I feel that tension and how the hell am I gonna fall asleep tonight for me comes more from the supernatural type of horror spiritual unknown terror like there's something about taking hold of a human body and using it to do whatever the hell they want to do and just create pure chaos is really scary to me and i know it's scary to you too (laughs) well i think it's also the the whole thing about halloween is those spirits is is the yeah is the black voodoo, the black magic, the black cat, which we didn't really go into, but that is definitely a tradition in Halloween. But it's like the spirits, the spirits of these horror movies or Halloween movies that really want us to believe that it's real. This could happen. And to really think about and put you in a position of fear and scariness. We also went to... Speaking of Halloween and horror, we went to um, some horror haunted houses in Fright Kingdom. Yes, we did. <laughs> and I think that that really comes to life when you think about some horror movies. Being able to go through these haunted houses, you're able to really feel the way the character feels in the movie. I just think it makes it that much more real for everybody especially a haunted house. I don't like clowns. You and I went through a haunted house at Fright Kingdom that was all clowns. And we had the scary glasses on that make things, it's all a disorientation and seeing a clown really make, like, and it looks like it's going to come at you and actually kill you for me was terrifying. And I was screaming and clinging on to you because I couldn't handle it. It just brings the tradition back even in a heavier more powerful force which i love haunted houses definitely make you feel like you're in that position and it is 
sometimes it's too much and some I love it no matter how scared I get but it definitely does put you in that place of that state of mind of wow this is really here what am I going to do it's your imagination yeah. it's your mind which is also another uh, wild thing is that your deepest fear such as yours as clowns mine will be spiders is actually there in front of you and what do you yeah. do but be afraid and be scared and feel the horror that is coming to life. And Halloween itself is that night of fear, scared, and fun all in one holiday that everybody has some type of fear. And I think that some of these horror movies really play a big factor in believing that fear seeing seeing is believing seeing these horror movies you're able to be a part of it in that moment but then when you're out trick-or-treating and you see a character you're able to say oh that's really cool or, oh my god that is scary such as the haunted houses with clowns um i think that there's a lot of people that are afraid of clowns i mean i think that's completely fine to be afraid of clowns they are creepy <laughs> they are creepy um but like to have that be in front of you it honestly brings you back to kind of watching the the um the classic movies the the it clown yeah i was just gonna say it definitely brings me back to it 100%. yeah and i think that's that's what haunted houses want you to feel is scared but also bring you back to some of these scary movies and these figures that really shock fear in the eyes of the watcher and the ones who watch these movies. I mean, the guy with the chainsaw, like Leatherface, yep. <laughs> Leatherface, but also the guy with the chainsaw at Fright Kingdom. It's scary. <laughs> I feel as though we would never be scared if we'd never seen it before. If we've never seen it in a movie. So when we see it in a movie, we end up thinking that, well, could this really happen? And then it does happen. And then your fear level is like all the way up to the roof. And that's all about Halloween is that you're afraid of what you're seeing and also believing. I mean, I think that a lot of Halloween is about imagination. And I think it really stems from what we're talking about is horror in Halloween movies. And yes, you can watch a horror movie whenever, but we're specifically talking about some of the greatest classic Halloween movies and horror movies that you would want to watch on Halloween and then kind of creating that believing aspect of seeing it in haunted houses, seeing it um, trick-or-treaters and costume parties, people dress up. For an example, you spoiled it, but <laughs> Catherine and I are going to be I'm going to be Chucky. She's going to be Tiffany. So we're bringing that character to life for people that were afraid of Chucky and a doll. Think about that for a minute. What do you think about that idea of bringing that character to life from a movie? I think it's cool that people want to do that. They want to bring it back, which I love. And I, I just think it's great wanting to bring those characters into the real world not just on a tv screen i think it's really really cool because it just keeps it that much more 
powerful and exciting and obviously fun to dress up everyone loves to dress up so it's just it's it's just excitement it's excitement and it's i just think it's really cool that people still want to do that yeah it is really cool that people still want to be a part of a tradition and still want to kind of create that fear for one night um, I think it's also very cool, you know, thinking about when we were kids watching some of these horror movies, you couldn't even watch them because they were so scary. So now it's honestly like that childhood fear that's coming to life as well. These movies, these Halloween's movies have been a tradition for the longest time. And I think that everyone on Halloween, either after trick-or-treating or before or even at October, the month of October, people start to watch these Halloween movies. ABC Family has a bunch of Halloween movies on. Um, you know, there's there's more horror movies coming out every single year. The big tradition is Michael Myers this year and Halloween ends. Um, there's Smile, which we want to see. Can't wait for that. Um, you know, there's just a bunch of different movies. And I think that when we talk about Halloween movies, we also are talking about those horror movies. In some of the horror movies that, you know, is not Halloween oriented, play a big role into things and kind of create that still that fear. So even if it's not a Halloween movie, such as Michael Myers or any of those horror movies that really kind of play a big role during Halloween time, it's a lot of just fear. And it leaves you with adrenaline. It leaves you with God, just everything, just your, it lets your mind race into all the possibilities of what could happen to me personally, what could happen to this person, what, how would this change my life potentially every, I mean, it just fears wild (laughs) in general. It's really, it's, it's wild. And I think that, I mean, some people just like to experience it sometimes like it, for example haunted houses no one's forcing anyone to go into a haunted house they want to feel that they want to see that they want to be in that oh my god what's going to happen it's almost addictive sometimes to people because of the chemical reactions that happen in your body and even a human being experiences fear and it's the fact that these movies the way the scripts are written the way the characters act what makes the character the way all those things add up to create this, to create um, that feeling of what are the possibilities? What's going to happen? This could happen. What would I do? And it's just all imagination. Fear creates a lot of potential for imagination. Halloween is all about believing and seeing and being a part of such a tradition. And I want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast sharing a lot about what you love about Halloween and horror movies in general. And so if you're not doing anything on Halloween, people, put on Mike Myers, put on a Halloween movie, sit down, grab some popcorn, have some candy corn or chicken feed, which we learned earlier in the podcast, what it used to be called, or eat some candy and enjoy Halloween, whatever you want to do. I want to thank my cousin, Catherine Salslamakia, my girlfriend, Catherine Blossom. And I want to thank all of you for listening to What the Jack and this Halloween takeover. So next time you see a horror movie, be afraid. Be very afraid. No, I'm just just kidding. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And just remember that uh, everything is make-believe. 
unless you don't want it to be. And Halloween creates that special feeling of fear and excitement all in one sitting. So everyone enjoy their Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. And thank you so much. Thank you. For joining me on this podcast and talking a little bit about horror. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Another episode, more people explaining their story, sharing their story and giving you their life story. And this was just all about Halloween. So I hope you all enjoyed it and everyone have a spooky night. Enjoy. Yeah.